The horizon is wide and the highway is calling. That means it's time for another episode of American Road Trip Talk. I'm your host, Gary Mance, with a welcome and an invitation to travel the byways and back roads of yesteryear, searching for America in every incomparable mile. Welcome once again, ladies and gentlemen. Always glad to have you along for the ride. And of course, we say hello to Nathan Miller. He is our producer, and he will be working the board once again. Today, we are going to talk about an enduring mystery, fascinating subject known popularly as the Phoenix Lights. The Phoenix Lights, and this is putting it as simply as I can, the Phoenix Lights were a series of widely sighted, unidentified flying objects observed in the skies in the USA over the southwestern states of Arizona and Nevada on March 13, 1997. Most prominent among investigators and documentarians of this startling and unsettling event is Dr. Lynn Kitai, a well-respected physician who looked out her bedroom window over Phoenix that night and saw something that would change her life in a profound way. Strange lights appearing in the sky over the nighttime city. Amber orbs in formation. Included was a massive triangular array of lights moving silently, but in unison as though they were connected. Thousands of people throughout the Valley of the Sun and across the state of Arizona saw them also in Henderson, Nevada, fairly far away from the Phoenix locale, just next door to Las Vegas. What did these observers actually see? 26 years later, the Phoenix Lights remain a controversial mystery. That is our topic today on American Road Trip Talk. Watch the skies, everyone. We'll be back with Dr. Lynn Kitai and the interview right after this. Adventure, history, and beauty all await you on the Natchez Parkway, a national scenic byway and national park. This 444-mile drive takes you through some of the country's most stunning landscapes, while also allowing you access to exciting communities along the way. From Natchez, Mississippi to Nashville, Tennessee, we invite you to explore the trace and discover America. Plan your trip at scenictrace.com. That's scenictrace.com. Hi, everybody. This is Anson Williams from Happy Days, and I want to bring attention to a life-saving product called Alert Drops. Drowsy driving is one of the most catastrophic problems in America, and Alert Drops will stop it. Kids studying in college, drinking too much caffeine, overloading on these energy drinks, they end up in the hospital. Alert Drops will stop it. What is Alert Drops? Alert Drops is a simple spray on the tongue made out of citric acid, sour lemon, and water, co-created with my uncle, Dr. Henry Heimlich, creator of the Heimlich Maneuver, who said, Anson, alert drives will save more lives than the maneuver. Whether you are driving, whether you are studying, whether you're just a tired mom, whenever you need to be alert, get alert drops. A simple spray on the tongue, nothing in your system, and you're naturally awake, naturally alert. It's scientifically proven. It's doctor approved. Again, it's natural. It's been honored by the United States Congress. Go to alertjobs.com. Very important. Go to alertjobs.com and stay safe. Find our app in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store and take us with you wherever you go. Alternative Talk, AM 1150. Welcome back to American Road Trip Talk. Dr. Lynn Kitai. If you meet her, ask her when is her busy season, and she'll probably tell you right about now during March. March 1997. 
a time that changed her life and the lives of many, many other people. Dr. Lynn, we're so happy to have you with us here on American Road Trip Talk. Welcome. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you, Gary, for having me and letting your uh, listeners know that there is much more to this story. In fact, most media just grabbed on the 8 to 10 time period um, because many thousands, thousands of people were outside looking up at the sky for a glimpse of the Hale-Bopp comet when they also caught a glimpse of one to eight mile wide, according to Peter Davenport from the National UFO Reporting Center, either these orbs, these balls of light, you refer to them, that seem to be attached to something, um, an equidistant form, formations of V formations and triangle and boomerang or actual craft. And if you go on the Phoenix Lights Network website, it is packed with information to explore and consider but mostly the photo page. I'm the only one with 35 millimeter photographs of these UAP, unexplained aerial phenomena, prior to, there's a vast story, prior to, during and after the mass sighting, as well as the GAP page, GAP, Geospatial Animation Project, which was a 12-year study. People don't know this, that two or more people had to see the same craft. And we're talking gunmetal bottoms, people saw windows with beings at the windows, went right over their heads. The technology was incredible, but there were 10 different craft, two or more people had to see the same craft. And it was concluded either it was one craft that could morph into looking different, the perspective from where the person was standing or a parade. And that's what ultimately was concluded because it wasn't just one or two events. It wasn't just for a couple hours. That's what most people called in between eight and 10 because most people were outside. But the mass sighting actually began at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, daylight sightings, 5 o'clock hour in New Mexico, there were Native Americans that were uh, uh, reporting it, 7 o'clock hour and beyond in California, 10 o'clock hour, there were two commercial airline pilots that called into radar to report one of these massive craft was covering Las Vegas, if you can imagine that, and then continued they're very credible people, pilots and, and others that saw these phenomena at 3 a.m., it continued. At 3 a.m., there was a call to the National UFO Reporting Center from an alleged crewman from Luke Air Force Base. We have some of the recording, very professional, in our documentary, so people can hear it firsthand, explaining that jets were sent out from Luke Air Force Base to intercept one of these massive craft right over central Phoenix as they approached. And they were supposed to intercept and get gun camera film, which I heard they did. I haven't seen it. But as they approached, the lights started to dim. And then the entire thing blinked out and disappeared. And this alleged crewman said he helped one of the pilots out of his aircraft because it was so shaken up by it. And then Luke Air Force Base was on lockdown. And the, the sightings continued until 5.30 the next morning. The last report that I know of that I got personally from the head of the Boeing crew coming into work at Sky Harbor International Airport at 5.30 was that one of these craft was right over their tarmac. So we're talking at least four states as well as over a dozen hours. In fact, I, as a scientist, 
and I've been, you know, I'm a healthy skeptic, and I've really tried to be uh, the, uh, prosaic and, and 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 pragmatic about collecting the data. The data speaks for itself. I, I you know, ultimately, after thousands of people saw what I had been seeing for a couple of years and photographing them up close and personal on 35 millimeter in the negative, no one can, uh, university and military cannot explain it or deny it. It's in the negative. But I push my whole medical career aside to find a logical source and meaning for what I had witnessed and photographed up close and personal. I have yet to find it. If anything, it, it opened up a whole new world to me that ultimately I felt obliged, not only as a scientist, but as a physician, to let people know that they're not crazy, even though most anomalies can be explained, just because we don't have the technology yet to definitively define what these things are, it doesn't mean they're not real. You may be looking on the AM dial for an FM frequency. And plus the fact that sharing it and as an experiencer, I knew that feeling. I kept anonymous for seven years, keeping an intricate journal, ended up with 750 pages seven years later of such credible data and just sharing with one person. And I invite people to share with me on the Phoenix Lights Network website or Phoenix Lights Network Facebook page. It's cathartic. It's healing. And then certainly as an educator for over 50 years on vital health issues for NBC and USA Cable and so forth, I felt obliged to share the data and let people decide for themselves. But the story as it unfolded, it's just fascinating if we have time to, to tell a little bit about it. But on March 13th, the technology itself was mind-boggling. Not only talking about, Gary, these massive, massive craft and, and formations of lights, but going right over people's heads, rooftop level, totally silent. Some people said they could have thrown a rock at it. It was that close. And some people saw it split in two and, and shoot straight up. We have pictures of that on the gap page. We have people telling us that these orbs detached from the main object, went out into the environment, and then redocked with it later. And if you look at my 95 close sighting, when we're focused on these orbs that were in a pyramid formation right outside our bedroom window, the same exact phenomenon is in the same exact location at a distance. And actually, two months before the mass sighting, they came back after that 95 close sighting, but at a distance. And I happened to catch this massive over mile wide formation of equidistant lights head on turning into a v-shape those pictures are to me the smoking gun because this was happening two months before the mass sighting exactly what people described during the mass sighting it was so unnerving and i figured there must be a logical explanation i called around found air traffic controllers at sky harbor international airport saw the same thing at the same time over class b restricted airspace there's a 30 mile radius around the center of the airport, anyone that comes into that airspace, particularly a thousand feet altitude that these were, and they were close, must call into the tower and no one did. So they looked on radar, didn't show up on radar. They took their high powered binoculars to look. And in their own words, they described them as six points of light, totally equidistant from each other, massive span over a mile wide that seemed to be attached to something. But they couldn't quite see what these lights were attached to or had a force field holding them in rock solid formation. And one of them was a meteorologist and said the entire thing turned as a unit against the wind. And I have pictures of that happening and then moved slowly as it rose in synchrony behind South Mountain, which is just south of the airport. And I said, so what was it? And there was silence. And then one of them said, beats me. I said, you're a traffic controller. You're supposed to know what's in our <laughs> They ruled out every conventional aircraft, balloons, Chinese lanterns, flares, even skydivers with lights. 
And we kept in contact up until and including March 13th, the morning after. It looked like the same exact phenomenon that I videotaped. My videotape is the uh, footage of the three endpoints of a giant V or triangle. Called them up to confirm, which they did. And interestingly, they said two, two pilots called in. One was a commercial pilot who said, what the hell are these lights over me on departure? I mean, it was that close over class, over class B research airspace. And a private pilot who actually was reporting this giant V-shape of lights while I was filming it did not come forward till 2017. Okay, many years later, and it ended up to be actor Kurt Russell. So there's a whole, there's so much to the story. It's fascinating. That is the best encapsulation of a UFO incident I've ever heard. Thank you. <laughs> Wonderfully. Before, and I want to unpack some of that as much as time will allow. But let me just ask you, you mentioned the videotape, what you, all the evidence you were able to collect. When you first looked out that window, though, I mean, this changed your life in such a profound way that you set aside your career in large measure as a physician after all those years of training and experience to pursue this. What exactly did you first see? Yeah, that's a that's a great question because I always go back to that closed sighting gallery because it was in front of my face, up close and personal, and it was an experience. Um, I don't believe in, in you know coincidence anymore. Um, even though I I found out that this is happening worldwide, I had no idea. I mean, I didn't know nothing about this topic. Had no interest. Was too busy bringing up two boys to be uh, productive, caring adults, and and uh, my health education learning programs and so forth. I happened to be in a room adjacent to our bedroom taking a leisurely bath. It was the eve of my birthday. Little coincidence, little little gift from beyond, right? And my husband, who's also a physician, he was on several state and hospital medical boards. Nothing ever ruffled his feathers. And one wall of our bedroom is a window. And we have a panoramic view. If you go to the photo page, you can see the topography in the first picture. We have a panoramic view of the city skyline. We see the airport. We know what planes and helicopters and streetlights and so forth look like. And we're high. We're very high on a mountain overlooking the valley of the sun and it's gated and we're nestled in the mountains it's a no-fly zone in any case he was on the phone talking to my mother-in-law back east we were both born and raised in philadelphia we moved out here in 1980 and suddenly he sounded alarmed and he says oh my god get over here quick what the hell is that and i grabbed my tail ringing wet run to the window and a little below us about 50 75 feet off the desert floor very treacherous cacti and all that down there and pitch black pitch black but there were three amber orbs in a pyramid formation one on top and two closely aligned underneath and of course coming from a video workbook curriculum background i wanted to grab my camera but I know that there's people out there that have had experiences that feel the same way. You don't know how long it's going to last. So I tried to take everything in mentally, get that mental moment, which I actually recommend to people at times. Just get that mental moment so you really picture something. And I did. It comes back to me just like that. There were three oval orbs. Okay, and I and and I really noted that. I, I used to say it was an egg on its side, but when the Nimitz pilots, Navy pilots came forward with the tic-tac and they started talking about these oval-shaped UAP. I don't know if it's the same thing, but they were oval-shaped. I call them an orb because the light did not extend outside the edge. It was self-contained. And the light within each orb was a uniform amber color, which is interesting. People say amber, but not yellow, not orange, but amber. They use this worldwide. And I noticed immediately that 
Every other light out there glared. These did not. They were very soothing, very mesmerizing. And I thought, you know what? If I don't get a picture of this, no one's going to believe it. And I, there was that unusual. And I go running to the closet. I collect sunsets. And if you go to my Facebook page, you'll see I collect, I collect these beautiful sunsets that we have here in Arizona. And as I'm grabbing my camera, my 35 millimeter, my husband calls me back. He said, get over here quick. One of them is disappearing. As we both watched, the top orb, and I describe this actually in the New History's Greatest Mystery Show with uh, uh, host Lawrence Fishburne. It's going to be airing Monday, by the way, Monday night in, on the History Channel again, and it's streaming there. It's the best show I've ever participated in. We watched the top orb without budget from the two underneath start to shrink very, very slowly, mechanically, as if there was an intelligent presence behind it. And then it was pea-sized and disappeared, but it still felt like it was there. Very strange. Where did it go? Another dimension, perhaps? I don't know. But anyway, I jump out on the balcony through a door that's perpendicular to our big window and get a quick picture of the two lower orbs there on my photo page. Immediately noticed an eerie silence, as if time had stopped. It was just bizarre. And... As intently as I'm watching these two lower orbs, and I did not share this with the soul, Gary, until after the mass sighting, it sounds so absurd, but it felt like something was watching me. It just did. And going through my mind, I was thinking, who are you? What are you? Do you know that I'm here? I'd love to meet you. They were that close. They were just 100 yards from our home. And the next thing I remember, the left bottom orb started to shrink again, very, very slowly. And something told me to take a picture and I quickly shot a picture of that. That was the only one that turned out at the time. But if you look at that picture, it's miraculous. I caught one of these orbs half disappeared, whether it was cloaking or whatever it was doing, and one still there. I don't remember anything else. I don't remember the last one disappearing. I don't remember going in the house. And Navy optical physicist, Dr. Bruce McAbee, that's another interesting aside, actually uh, meticulously uh, evaluated all the data and presented the case in 1999 because I sent him by going back to these strips, which I were told were blank. There were other pictures on the strips. And, and he concluded it wasn't just minutes that we thought that it was. It was hours in between those first and the last picture. And all you have to do is look at the skyline, which I didn't even notice. There are many lights on in the first picture that are off in the last picture. And his 21-page report. Uh, is on the website if anybody cares to, to look at it. At any rate, that's an, another interesting aside. The, the thing that was amazing is that I knew nothing about this. I didn't even know who to refer the one picture to that I had. And then two years later, they came back and I felt as a scientist, I needed to document them. And uh, of course, got in touch with the air traffic controllers who confirmed that it was real and they didn't know what it was. And then March 13th happened. I had no idea that thousands of people saw what I saw. To me, it was just another night. And once I found that out, I pushed my whole accomplished medical career aside to try to find a logical explanation, which I have yet to find. But as the story unfolds, which I get in big detail in the book, obviously, um, it's so interesting how there was no investigation, no explanation. It was months later that there was a USA Today article, June 18th, that opened it up to international scrutiny. It was it went viral. We didn't have social media at the time. Over right. every national morning show, Dan Rather, Peter Jennings. And once the uh, media talked to the witnesses, it was so heartfelt and it was so detailed that they too were saying, why isn't there an investigation? Why isn't there an explanation? 
that after that later that day we get an announcement that the next day, the next morning, actually, that the former governor was calling a press conference unscheduled for that afternoon on the 19th of June to divulge the culprit of the lights over Phoenix. And people took it seriously. He comes marching out one of his aides with a giant alien head costume and made a mockery of it. For me, it was not a joke. And neither was for, for other people that saw it up close and personal. And I actually called every military base that next month. And they were more curious. They were just as curious. They wanted to meet with me and have me show them what I never showed them anything. I get a call from one of the heads of PR at the Air National Guard a month later. And she says, oh, Dr. Lynn, I think we know what those lights were back in March. I said, you do? She says, yeah, do you believe nobody ever looked at the log for visiting Air National Guard, the Maryland Air National Guard are in town, sending off military flares, and that must be what some people saw. And they changed their stories. I mean, it's, if you really look at the data, one Air Force base was saying one thing, the other was saying the other. I said, no, wait a minute, were they in town in January? She said, oh, no. I said, are you sure? She said, absolutely not. I said, well, we saw this, my husband and I saw the same thing, and I photographed the same thing two months before, confirmed by air traffic controllers. It was over Class B restricted airspace. She, she said, you never told me that. I said, besides, you're, you're trying to tell me that flares that cannot keep a formation traverse the entire state in a rock-solid V. She said, uh, uh, I'll get back to you. I'm still waiting, Gary, for that call. <laughs> but as the story unfolded, and I'll just give you two little, two little things, they tried to reenact it. Three years later, when a former vice mayor was running for to get answers for the Phoenix Lights, Francis Barwood, and they tried to reenact it. It was such a failure. If you go on the news page, AZ family block on there, uh, you can see what they did. It was it, just what flares do. It was upside down, triangle, it fell apart immediately, had huge smoke trails. Um, it has never been recreated or explained, but it continues to appear worldwide. And I have to just add this before we, we end. I'm sorry, Gary, I know we, our time is short, but I am working on a scientific study now to really quantify the data of real-time and long-term effects of the mass sighting and the Phoenix Lights in general. There are people worldwide that have seen similar phenomena or just learned about it and it's opened them up to the possibilities, the wondrous possibilities. If you go on the website, Phoenix Lights Network, on the landing page, there's a triangle and underneath, if anybody's seen the Phoenix Lights, I wanna know about it, please, if you saw it on March 13th, 1997. And if you're just interested and 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 wanna uh, delve in, it's totally anonymous, totally confidential. The findings are riveting. We have over 700 people that have participated so far, and hopefully this next year we'll, you know, we'll, we'll let them out there. It is riveting stuff we never, ever thought um, that people are sharing with us to to really scientifically justify what people what's happening, the reality of this and also how it's affecting people at a very deep level, which I I really get into uh, in the book. It's it's just fascinating. And the connection between all unexplained phenomena, I call them ups, UP, because <laughs> uh, whether it's near death experience, which a number of people had as children, it was reawakened by the mass sighting. I did too, and I lay it all out there. Or uh, on, on, uh, out of body experience or unexplained aerial phenomena that have a mystical light associated with the experience. It's so similar. It's amazing. I lay it out very simply in, in the experience itself, but the after effect, the awakening, the enlightenment, the um, oh, ha, 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 you know, it's not a belief anymore, it's a knowing. 
when people have an up experience. And I invite people to, to take a look at the website. Um, we have an internationally award-winning documentary. We're going to be showing this Sunday. Actually, it's sold out. We just opened another theater um, at the Scottsdale Hark and Shea Theater. Um, you can see all the information on there and also the Phoenix Lights Network Facebook page. I have also a 160-page Phoenix Lights UFO and Crop Circle coloring book and activities graphic novel that is amazing i can't keep it in my hand which is really cool for all ages for teachers and parents and uh grandparents so that the family can get involved together um we have a lot to, to offer and i hope people take a look at it Perhaps i i know that they will and maybe i can help you out as we close here dr lynn it so happens that a few doors down a neighbor and friend of mine who lives now in sarasota florida was there in Phoenix on that night and was a witness to the Phoenix lights. And I would definitely like to put the two of you in context so she can share her testimony. And I Absolutely. will work on that. I promise you. She's probably listening to the show right now. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Well, I take and, confidentiality very seriously. When somebody tells me something, it goes no further unless they want it to. And because uh, it's really important to, to uh, it's very healing. It's very cathartic to share. Uh, as I found out myself, <laughs> here I am with you, Gary. <laughs> very good. Dr. Lynn Kitai, I wish we had more time. Thank you so much for educating us and the mystery endures but explanations again are on the way always with updates thank you so much for joining us on american road trip talk thank you for having me and keep looking up watch the skies and thanks for tuning in everyone to american road trip talk go to our website americanroadmagazine.com to preview the current issue until next time dream well and drive safely on the american road <laughs>